Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited to introduce you to someone who I've been following for a very long time and watching very closely, and I feel like I can definitely call a friend now. Stacy, we're nodding heads. Yeah, friends. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah definitely. <laughs> I'm so excited to interview Stacy McGee today, who is TikTok famous and known as Spirit Fluent. How are you, Stacy? Good, good. I don't know that you'd call me famous, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I think you're a TikTok famous for sure. Well, don't you feel that by now? No, I just feel like me. I'm just a weird little me and a lot of people like to follow my weirdness, I guess, but I don't feel famous. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm always trying to tell my parents because I don't build on TikTok. I've just chosen to be a fan of the platform. It's the only space that doesn't feel like work for me. So I'm like, I'm just going to be a fan of TikTok. When I tell my family about the wild success stories and like the way that people's lives unfold from having a successful TikTok, it's like mind blowing. There's nothing in comparison out there. So I think that people who really figure out how to be authentic on TikTok and how to show themselves in their authenticity do really well. And I definitely put you in that pot. Yeah, that's actually what I kind of did when I got on TikTok. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. And talk about the things I know and if it works and if it doesn't who cares and apparently it worked (laughs) yeah you do really well so before we get too much into some of the content that you talk about I also just wanted to let the audience know to my spirit schoolers that this is only our first interview with Stacy Stacy actually has a book coming up about birthmarks that is the original intent on why I wanted to interview her, but she does so much. She does medical intuition, which is mind-blowing. I've had three sessions with her. She also does content on like tattoo placements, which you gave me a little reading on that, which was incredibly accurate and amazing, which I want to talk to you about today. So you do so many different incredible things. And before we dive into your current body of work, how do we start? Who is Stacy? What do you do? Where do you live? What do you feel like sharing with the spirit school audience? Well, like guacamole. That's a big question. I could ramble on, I guess. I kind of described myself as a psychic weirdo because I can't seem to come up with a description for who I am and what I do because there's all these titles and people are like, they'll call me, oh, you're an angel. I've had people call me a shaman and a seer and an oracle and a prophet. And I'm just like, Just call me a weirdo because I don't want to claim a title with that. I just don't know that they all work, right? Nutshell version of me, I am a mom of seven kids, married to my soulmate for 22 years. Those are really important parts. I'm like trying to think of things about me. There's so many stories and things I could say. And then it gets to your mind and you're like, who am I really? That's like actually a big question I've been writing about lately is that age old question of who am I? Because even your name is not who you are. It's just something that someone else gave you to identify you and like who are you truly on the soul level and i think that goes down to i'm a rainbow i like to shed light and help people in many different ways i professional artist i've owned manufacturing companies and book publishing companies but i think really down to it it's just i just like to help people 
Mm. Did that answer the question? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, we can go with psychic weirdo and like move from there. <laughs> and I definitely, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that you had seven and you heard that right, seven kids. And I will be posting the video version of this because the background is such a mess of my house, but you look younger than me. And like, I could not imagine you having seven kids. What's the youngest kid you have now? So my youngest is 10. My oldest is almost 26. I had my oldest a week before my 18th birthday and the rest just came and they wanted to come no matter what we tried to limit the family size that we had. So a lot of people are like, well, don't you know what causes that? Yes, we do. It's fun. But it just happened. And a lot of my kids are spiritually gifted and it's really beautiful to see them kind of grow and change and stuff like that. I'm 43, in case you're wondering. (laughs) We're not too far off then. I just turned 40. Like you look like my age or younger. Like I have two and my youngest is four or I lie, six. Oh my God, where have I been the last two years? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, you definitely got a head start on me. I was 31 before I entered motherhood. Seven kids, good for you. You still have energy to create an incredible business as well. And just to reiterate back to your generosity, because I think that that's something that we really love to share is that service mindset. And that is one thing I see you doing with your audience all the time on TikTok is you do lives, you do free medical intuitive readings, you do free healing circles, you do share a lot of your gifts out there with the world. You can definitely sense that there's like a genuine desire to like serve and like help other people. So I just want to say, reflect that back. That's something I see very clearly in you. And I always have, where does that giving heart come from? Actually, really interestingly, I had some astrology done and it's actually in my astrology. It's part of what I should be doing based on some of my placements. I think it's Scorpio and something or other. I can't remember exactly. Astrology is, I'm still learning some stuff. I think that it really comes from being a wounded healer and understanding on a very personal level where people are from. I really didn't start healing until about 35. I have a lot of significant traumas and things. And then all of a sudden I have this near-death awakening and I was like, oh, wow, I can heal. I can figure these things out. And The thing that I've always said, there's two things I always say is one, I never want someone to feel like I felt, to feel desperate, to feel like they cannot find healing. Because when I started, I couldn't afford a coach. I couldn't even afford a book. I never want someone to experience that level of desperateness where they're like, I give up. It affects your mental health. It makes you want to give up. I really feel like that's kind of where I come from with that. But also, I've just always noticed that my business thrives on generosity of just open giving. The more I give, the more the universe balances and makes sure that my needs are met as well. And so some of that is a wonderful universal balance also. Yeah, I agree. I see a similarity there as well because I can tend to be maybe sometimes over generous. I don't talk a lot about the generosity that I give, but sometimes can feel like a bit excessive and in my case especially like a bit excessive but I'm always taken care of like I always feel like a lot of good vibes and good energy comes my way and good opportunities come my way and I do feel that because I'm not afraid to also give as much as I receive as well so I think there is something to be said for generosity yeah well and you have the 12 universal laws that literally talk about that for Every action is an equal and opposite reaction in that cause and effect. And so as you give, you also receive. And it's not always equal. 
A lot of people think, oh, it should be even Steven and totally equal. But I've noticed sometimes like here's my time and season for giving. And then sometimes it's a time and season for receiving, right? And they may not always be at the same time, but the universe knows when you need to receive and will make sure that balance eventually comes back. And I see that in my life all the time. Yeah. Do you ever get like, for example, on Monday, so just like three days ago, I got word that I received this like pretty hefty grant so that I can zhuzh up my new physical space. And like, I was literally brought to my knees with that generosity. I was literally overwhelmed at my good fortune with that incredible generosity that I was given. So I don't necessarily have expectations of other people of being as generous, but I'm always like pleasantly surprised. And then on the other side of that, I'm always very disappointed when there isn't like this reciprocity that a lot of light workers have as well. It's like this real dichotomy of being like very surprised and very disappointed. And there's like no even ground with me with that, but that's not too surprising either. <laughs> yeah. And I have those moments too where I'm like, okay, hey, universe, I need some help here. I need some support. Something that I have found too is that sometimes the universe is like, you don't actually need support right now. This is part of your experience to learn and to grow. And so right now you don't need this support. And I've actually kind of been thinking about this today, actually, that the times that I think I actually needed support, I didn't actually need that support. I'm with you. There's times where I've just am blown away. I have beautiful people who volunteer to help with Spirit Fluent all the time. They help with book editing. They help with volunteering as moderators. And every time someone's like, I want to help you grow what you're doing, they don't even ask for compensation. And I'm just like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. Like I was saying earlier, it happens when it's needed. And even if we don't believe it. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Okay. I want to get into medical intuition with you because Looking back, I don't know if I've had any medical intuitives on the podcast. And this is an area of serving that completely baffles me. Like, I couldn't tell you a thing about the inside of my human body. Like, I can't tell you where the liver is. I can't tell you where the spleen is or what the spleen is at all. And I have had three medical intuitive readings with you. All three have been phenomenal. I rarely go to too many people more than once. And your approach to it is like, it just is what it is. What is what you get with you. You know what I mean? Like you're simple with it, but it's so accurate as well. And you got crazy receipts. Like you are someone who can walk around and pick up on other people's stuff and forewarn them about things. And you've actually like saved a few people around that. So I'd love a story around that and then love to hear more about how you came into it. And then I have a million more questions after that. Oh my gosh. There's so many stories and there's two in particular. I'm like, which one do I talk about? I think I will actually talk about one where it was actually a TikTok live where I was just doing a free reading. And I've actually had a couple people, more than a couple, come back after their free readings and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much because my doctors figured out what was wrong because of our reading. We had this one lady in particular, she's like, I've been having these headaches. I don't feel well. My doctors just keep telling me, take your antidepressants. And she goes, can you please scan me? I know something's wrong. And so I was scanning her and I just... I don't remember exactly what I said because when I'm in that moment, I don't fully understand or remember. But I do remember being like, this is something very serious. I was like, it feels like a void in her head. This is not, there's something wrong. And I was like, there's something wrong. I can't remember if it was a left or right side of her face, but I was like, it's behind your eye. There's an issue. I said, go to your doctors and demand an MRI, demand 
to be seen. And if they say no, go to the ER. I think she went in to see her doctor, if I remember the email correctly. And her doctor was like, fine, I will give you an MRI and it's going to show nothing. And when we're done, you're going to take your antidepressants. And she was like, fine, whatever. So they ended up doing an MRI and she had something called a cavernous malformation, which is and can be a pretty intense medical emergency. And she, I think, needed surgery for it. I haven't had a second follow-up, so I don't know exactly what happened from there. But it was a medical emergency and the doctors kept blowing her off. And this is not to say that like I'm better than a doctor or I know more than a doctor, but with the medical intuition, I am communicating with the body, with the higher self, with the subconscious on many different layers. It sounds weird. It's almost like a comic book where I have telekinesis and x-ray vision, but I can see these things. And some of those are connected to me being autistic and having mirror touch synesthesia. Some of them I can't explain, but it's just like, it's like this knowing. And I just know And I'm able to kind of tell people, hey, this is going on. And some of it's spirit telling me this needs to happen. Sometimes it's their higher self saying this is going on. And sometimes it's really funny. Like I had someone's higher self being like all she eats is fast food and (laughs) showing everything in boxes. It actually happened with a couple clients. And I was like, so your higher self saying you eat too much sugar and you eat a lot of fast food. So that's problematic. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's simple stuff like that, but it it very much helps people. How I've always been this way, right? But didn't understand it. And for years, I didn't understand. I was often even branded as a hypochondriac because I would feel everybody's shit. Can I curse? Yes, we swear on spare school, honey. Some places don't. I always forget to ask. So I can feel everybody's shit. And then I'm like, I think I'm sick. And then I'm like, I don't feel well. And it's like half the time, it's not even mine. It's like not my stuff. Even recently, I felt like I had a kidney infection. And if you've had one, you know what it feels like. You're like, this is a kidney infection. I was like, I'm going to the ER, go get checked out. And they're like, you don't have a kidney infection. Nothing's wrong with you. And I'm like, pardon? Okay. Went home two hours later. My daughter-in-law calls me. Hey, I just got out of the hospital with a kidney infection. What do I take for it? And I'm like, oh, it was yours. Okay. And so even now, like sometimes I don't know whose stuff I'm picking up. And I always have to constantly ask, is this mine? Is it someone else's? Okay, I love that because even my parents live with me and we're always dead shocked. I'll be like, oh, my hip is hurting. Like my left hip is hurting. My mom's like, my left hip is hurting. And then I thought I had arthritis. I got checked for rheumatoid arthritis because that's how my grandma passed. And my mom had a broken right wrist. Everything I was feeling like they are also experiencing. I had to kind of look like I feel so achy all the time. And like, am I getting that old? I'm only 40 right now. And sometimes I wonder if like, we're all picking up each other's shit in my house because there's just too many similarities. Yeah, and I mean, you can, especially because you're spiritually gifted. I actually had a client that we did a reading for her and I was picking up stuff in her and she's like, that's actually my husband who has that. And my daughter has that. I just kind of paused her reading and I said, are they in the house at all with you? Am I picking them up? And she's like, no, they're not even here right now. So I went and communicated with her body and I was like, well, what's going on? And her body was like, I pick up everyone else's shit. So I was telling her, I'm like, I actually think you're kind of like me. I think you're a medical intuitive. You're feeling everybody's stuff. And so some of what's going on with you is not even yours. And with that, I very much recommend like for you or anyone else is experiencing it, ask first, is this mine or is this someone else? Is this the collective conscious? Is this someone I walk by? If it comes back and spirit's like, hey, this isn't yours. I always just say, thank you for the knowledge. And then I just say release or 
you know, touch a tree or a plant and just they process and release. Thank you for letting me know and kind of push it on. And especially like you're very psychic and intuitive and you're a medium. Your aura, especially when you're very spiritually gifted, it's going to be bigger, right? It's going to come out a lot farther. And so we'll feel everybody's stuff. And I honestly think at one time, we all had the empathy to feel other people's stuff and to understand each other. And interestingly enough, I read a medical study recently. I can't remember if it was Tylenol or Advil, but one of them actually, they've scientifically proven decreases empathy. Mm. You know, so I'm like, maybe because we're constantly popping Tylenol for our headaches, mm. our empathy is decreased. Wild. My brain's kind of just going crazy right now because, well, a couple things. One, I wonder if I actually have the aptitude for medical intuition now. <laughs> like, maybe I do. And then two, funny enough, like gel cap Advils are like my saving grace. They're, that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where like Windex was like her cure-all. It's like her extra strength gel cap Advil will cure anything for me. And I remember early on in my development, I just knew not to take Advil before my sessions. It was like this, like knowing, like even if I had a headache, I would wait until after my readings because I just had this sense, and I'm covered in shivers and talking about it, that it dulled my senses. Yeah. And that's such a double-edged sword, right? Because this is a conversation in the spiritual community a lot, especially with things like antidepressants and mental health care medications. Like people are like, I don't want to take them. They'll mess up my spiritual awakening and they'll cause problems. Like I said, it's such a double-edged sword because our physical health, our mental health is just as important as our spiritual health. I always tell people, put out your biggest fire first, then worry about the other stuff. So if you need medication, don't stop taking it because of this conversation. Oh, yeah. Everyone at Spirit School knows to discern things for themselves, right? Like that's the gift of discernment. That's what we all have. You get it to us and discern for yourselves what fits and all that fun stuff for you. My case with Advil was just purely for headaches, but I will say I have done a lot of snooping around with my mutuals on antidepressants because there were a few times in my life with PMDD that I had to look into it. I had to seriously look into it. And I will say from a mediumistic point of view, at least, I was able to connect in with a few different mediums who claim that without it, they couldn't do the work that they do. So I don't think that certain medication definitely dulls it, but just hearing what you say about that Advil potentially decreases your lack of empathy. Well, Claire, empathy is such a strong, you know, extra sense within mediumship. And I am not someone who identifies as an empath. I don't walk around sponging very much. I'm more or less oblivious kind of like when I'm out and about. It's just when I'm doing my work intentionally that I allow myself to kind of be that sponge. But I just want to say like, I do know a lot of mediums now after all my investigating that they can work fine on that type of medication as well. So just stay discerning for yourself. Do your own research, make your own decisions. But I actually point a lot of people to your website because I have a lot of students and a lot of students are interested in doing things like medical intuition. And I get them to go to your website to look at how you express all the disclaimers. I said, just go look at Spiritfluence website, go look at how she prepares people and how she has her disclaimers because you have that all really tight. And I imagine two areas of psychic work, medical intuition and psychic investigations, I imagine to be very high stake and almost scary because you're like really in people's lives in these different modalities. So how do you manage that pressure? A lot of deep breaths, one. And two, I think 
I was more uniquely prepared for this than maybe other people were because while I, I'm not a doctor or a therapist, I have worked as a medical assistant and a phlebotomist. I've had anatomy, physiology, a lot of pre-med classes, but I'm also a certified life coach. And my life coach certifications with Radiant Coaches Academy was actually a vital part of this because we learned, okay, this is how you do your client intakes. This is how you do your disclosures and things like that so that people understand where your lane is and where someone else's lane is. This is how you refer out someone. So I've had many kind of trainings where it's like, here's my abilities. I know where I belong and I know where someone else belongs. But it's also from practice too. I used to have an office and I would have clients who'd come to me and see me and sometimes something would go wrong. And I'd be like, that's going in the disclaimer. <laughs> that's going to be added over there. And so my disclaimers have been kind of built on some of the knowledge and then some of the experience of like, okay, that went wrong. We don't want that to go wrong again. We're going to add that in. And I do have really extensive disclaimers. It's like, I asked for a emergency contact now. Why? Because I had a client who came on a call actively in a heart attack and she was like, you're a shaman. You can fix me. And I'm like, no, you're going to the hospital. I can help you with the spiritual stuff, but we're not doing this with an active heart attack. You are going. And I didn't have a medical contact or an emergency contact. So we tried to follow up with her and could never get back in touch with her. We tried to call for help for her or things like that to send someone to her. Couldn't do it. And I was like, this is never going to happen again. And I think it's important no matter what you're doing to have that emergency contact, by the way, because something could happen where you're on a call with a client and you may not be a medical intuitive. You may be just doing a mediumship reading, but yeah. maybe they pass out during a reading and you're like, oh yeah. shit, somebody just passed out. And you have that contact information to call somebody and say, hey, I'm on a Zoom call or a phone call with your friend or your family member. They're having a crisis. Go help them. Right. Yeah. Very valuable. And even there's a couple of things I want to say within that, like that's just good trauma informed practice as well, just to be like super clear and then clear too about staying within the scope of your practice. Right. And like referring out where you need, that's something that we really learn a lot through trauma informed training in mediumship. I think there's a lot of pressure and you might feel the same in your practice as well, but there is this kind of like expectation from some people and the expectation readers put on themselves to be everything to everybody. I'm a medium, but I'm not a grief therapist. So if you need ongoing support, that's not probably going to be through a medium. It's probably going to be through a grief therapist. So having a connection with a grief therapist that you can refer out to that you trust is like super valuable, important. So I'm really happy to hear that you do that because I think that's very ethical and integral practices as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like I told you, we were talking earlier before we got on here when I started doing this really full time and I was realizing how much trauma I was dealing with with the clients. I like went out and got a trauma certification. I was like, I'm going to need this because it was so necessary. Yeah. Well, and this is something we talk a lot about at Spirit School, especially more or less now, because I think when we're dealing with sensitive topics and like people's heartstrings and people's past, present and future, there's a lot that can come up for someone. And what triggers one person is not going to trigger another. And being trauma-informed doesn't mean you're not going to trigger people. It's going to mean like you have the skill set on how to repair the situation if it does. And when it comes up, because we will come across those situations for sure. So happy to hear that you have that as well. The other thing I was going to say to you around, like, you just don't know what you don't know. 
I remember working in the health field and looking at my own benefits package and it would be clearly listed in there like things like you cannot expense cotton balls. And I'm like, (laughs) random. But somebody had tried to have expensed like cotton balls for them to have to add that into the booklet. So I'm glad to hear that you're like evolving your process to a good idea too about the emergency contact. We did do that for the retreat, but I don't do that for my readings right now. So something to consider to incorporate. So thank you so much for that. Okay. Sphere Fluent. I want to hear one more story too, because you can pick, but there's two there coming off the top of my head again. Obviously, I've been following you for a long time. (laughs) You may not know this, but I actually had you scheduled to be on the podcast a year and a half ago, and I had to cancel because kids, life, family, momming. And then I didn't actually connect with you again until I booked you for a reading. And then it was after my third reading with you that I was like, please come on my podcast. I need to share you with the world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you go out. Of course. But there was two stories that kind of stick out for me. There's one about a kid that you worked through the mom on. And again, these are things that you kind of have receipts about like how your work really impacts people out there. And then there was the other one about the gentleman in the grocery store. So you kind of feel into which one you want to share. And then I'm going to ask you questions about like self-care and all that fun stuff that us late workers are really shitty at, but we should do better at, but we're going to be great at eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty shitty with self-care too. So I honestly don't recall the child's one. So I'm going to talk about the farmer's market one because I do remember that one. I just, sometimes when I'm doing things, it just, they fade away. I, I One of my mentors is a Jewish medicine man. And he says, we are like hollow bones. We receive from spirits and then we release. But I do remember this guy in particular because I still talk to him. And so we have a little farmer's market down the road and we go there for fruits and vegetables like everybody else, right? And he was actually outside doing kind of some political things. So he was like, hey, sign this petition or whatever and he was sitting there in his wheelchair and I was like sure whatever I just I'll sign it and I didn't even know what I was signing at first I should look but I didn't and kept calling me Hello Kitty because I was wearing my Hello Kitty tie-dye shirt so we had this conversation and I could kind of feel like I could feel this chest tightness and I could feel it kind of radiating up my neck and I was like oh like I started feeling like he was not unwell and spirit was like you should really talk to him about this and I was like I'm not having this conversation at the farmer's market he didn't give me permission to read him and spirits kept kind of talking to me like the whole time I'm like I'll talk to him maybe later but I still feel it when I come out and I'm grocery shopping and spirits like I really needed to talk to him I really need to talk to him like the whole time and I'm like literally like in tears in the store and I'm like so frustrated and I was like, fine, I'm going to walk by him. If I feel it again, maybe I will, maybe I won't. So I walked out to my car, loaded up my groceries. And Spirit's like, go talk to him now. I'm like telling you, you need to talk to him. And so I walked back up to him and I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hi, hello, kitty. How you doing? I'm like, I'm good. It's a, I know this, this is going to sound really weird. And please say no if this is too much for you or whatever. You know, I can tell someone's belief system too they kind of radiate out different energy. I could feel like he was more Christian and kind of things like that. And so I was like, hey, I feel like God has a message for you. I'm kind of like a psychic, a medical intuitive, and I'm feeling some stuff for you. Are are you okay with me sharing it? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. He's like kind of like that happy-go-lucky, big, jolly guy. And I said, so I'm feeling a few things for you. And I'm feeling like one that you're kind of at risk for a heart attack or a stroke. I'm feeling a lot of pressure in my chest. I'm feeling a lot of pain. I don't remember everything I said to him, but we talked for about 30 minutes of me scanning him and telling him what I'm picking up and checking into things. And Spirit was like, he needs to go to the hospital. He needs to go to the hospital. And he started telling me and I said, 
first I was like, Spirit's really like wants me to tell you, you need to go to the hospital. And he started telling me about how he'd literally been in the hospital for two years. He'd had a lot of health issues. He's like, I'm a little scared of them, but I'll, I'll go get checked out. And I gave him my number and you know, I said, text me, tell me how you're doing. He reached out later and I could actually probably find his text on my phone if I looked for it for a second to tell you exactly what he said. But if you go to my TikTok, you can see this, the scrolling of the text. Sorry, so this may not be verbatim, but essentially his blood sugar was like over 400. His blood pressure was over 200. It was not a good situation. And he's like, sorry, he's like, I hadn't taken my insulin in days. And I'm so glad you said this because I had just been putting it off, even though I wasn't feeling well. And I may have just gone home and died today because of you. So he was like super grateful for that. And I was grateful that I could help. And every once in a while, I check on him and see how he's doing because he was in a bad spot. He'd lost pretty much everything in his life. He'd gone from being a millionaire to, I think, living in a trailer. So he had also a bunch of emotional stuff too. I just, I love those experiences a whole lot. Yeah. I talk on Spirit School every once in a while how the drive-by reading, that kind of like walking around, like picking up things can like be not great, especially mediumship because like you just don't know where people's healings at and their state of grief, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I don't typically walk around like just picking things up, but it sounds like this was like intervention, like divine intervention. Your guides are like, post haste, go now. And it sounds like it really worked out. So like day to day with how sensitive you are, like, are you very boundaried? Are you able to like choose when you feel into things or like, do you kind of walk around a bit like a sponge? A little bit of everything, kind of. It depends on the situations, right? Sometimes I like to pretend like I'm completely normal and I don't do any proper shielding or protection work. And I'll go out to Ikea and then after two hours, I feel like death and I can't walk. Once my husband literally almost had to carry me back to the car because it was packed. There were so many people there. He was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, there's too many people, too much stuff. And sometimes like, I'll start noticing I'm feeling weird and feeling everything and that's a big sign. But I do actually try to limit, like instead of going out during the day or to big crowds, I'll go grocery shopping at night when there's less people. Or I'll try to remember to protect myself. And for me, my protection looks like kind of collapsing my aura down, putting it around like an armor. I need a lot of extra protection with that. I'll be in the grocery store. And, and this actually happened with a cashier where like she had horrible stomach pain. I was like, oh, and, like I went like this because it hurt. And she goes, oh, are you okay? And I said, I just got a pain in my stomach and she goes oh i get pain in my stomach all the time and i just kind of looked at her and i was like oh it's yours <laughs> she was like what and I, i'm like never mind never mind so it was a little of everything and sometimes it's a little overwhelming and that's like i said sometimes because i'm autistic yeah a lot of people think autistics are less empathetic we're actually more we feel everybody's shit so like if you have an autistic kid and they're freaking out in public it's probably because they're feeling everybody's shit and it's overwhelming them so yeah i don't know if that answers that question yeah absolutely and i just want to kind of point out to you that so in mediumship we call it the power like i don't know why somebody came up with that term a long time ago <laughs> and it's something that a lot of mediums have to reconcile their relationship with the energy of the word power when they're first learning to sit in their power which is basically sitting in your light and so what we learn when we sit in the power is like energetic sovereignty, like how to expand our aura, how to contract it. 
And so I tell people like this exact thing. I'm like, if I'm going to Ikea or Costco, I'm bringing my aura in tight. I'm like, this aura is coming in like an inch around my body. So you're like naturally doing something that mediums train for years to do for their energetic experience in this life as they increase their sensitivity. So you just naturally know how to do it. So there's a medium in you, girl. No, I know mediumship is not where you want to go, but you definitely have the capacity, right? Well, and you know, it's really funny lately. I've had a lot of spirits like barging in and chatting with me lately. And there seems to be this urgency with them, almost like unfinished business and stuff. I can see them. I can talk to them. I don't know how to channel them. They just show up. But it is interesting that you do the same thing to me because I'm not classically trained in any stretch of the imagination. I just sit with spirit. I'm like, tell me what to do. And spirit's like, do this. And I'm like, mm. okay, sounds good. And then I find out later that someone else like, oh yeah, I do that too. And I'm like, okay, now I know it's for spirit because multiple people are being told the same thing. And that's always a good confirmation for me. So I love that. <laughs> yes, I love it. And so all the things that you do is medical intuition, like your favorite way to serve. I love doing medical intuition because of the way that it helps people. It is really physically painful to me often mm. and very draining. So it's one of those, again, double-edged swords. My favorite type of readings to do are actually with special needs and autistic children. I offer those for free. I had to have a significant wait list at this point because I always feel like such a dick saying, hey, I can communicate with your kid, pay me for it. So I don't charge for them because I just would feel like an asshole, but I communicate with the children and then tell their parents what they need and that makes me super happy. Like I have a mom that I've worked with a couple times now and she goes, because of you, his life is so much better. And I was like, well, it's just because of him. He told me what he needed and I shared that with you. They added music to his life and little shifts that made a dramatic difference in how they function. So I love doing those because yeah. it helps parents who can't otherwise communicate with their kids. Yeah, I love that. I love hearing that too. And just speaks again to your generous heart around that. And who knows, maybe spirit will drop an idea into your head on how you can serve more at once. If that's an area that you really love to do and just trust that you'll be rewarded in other ways that you'll be taken care of. But I know that you and me too, we don't need to go deep into this, but we do carry like very similar wounds around money. I think a lot of us in the spiritual space do because I think that not only are our money wounds around our family lineage, but also the lineage of the healing arts, right? So I think a lot of us are carrying a lot of the intergenerational trauma as well, just in the healing arts space. So we have a lot of similarities there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I get people all the time, God gave you that gift. I can't believe you're charging for it. And I'm like, well, like, I kind of need to eat. And you and I have this conversation in the past where it's not like it used to be where they're like, oh, you're our healer, you're our shaman, you're our seer. Here's food. Here's what you need to take care of you. You take care of us. That doesn't happen anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. currency of the energy exchange is now money. Before it used to be like food and wares and like shelter. And that's how seers and oracles were taken care of. And of course, the currency and value has changed since then. And yeah. money is king until it's not. So it's like, how are we going to serve and preserve at the same time? So yeah, I think that we're doing like deep healing work for the generations to come, right? All just trying to be good ancestors here. After we talked about that, I went and did some ancestry work. We have a family line named called Palmer. Palmers were basically monks that took a vow of poverty. And I was like, yep, there's some generational stuff I need to heal. Absolutely. I'm someone who like gets a lot coming in and I just try to think about how I can give it all away. 
<laughs> like it's coming in now. Where can I share it? Like, where can I spread it out? I tend to like hire more people and like give people more hours and stuff like that as like a way. It's hard, but we're doing the healing work and we can do that maybe on our third podcast interview. We can go deeper into that. But with the medical intuition, are you trained in it or have you just been kind of self-guided and like experiencing and how long have you been doing it for? Uh, Well, as I said earlier, I've kind of had the gift my whole life. I'll see someone like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, what's wrong with your liver? What's wrong with this person? People like, shh, don't say anything. That's rude, right? Not trained in any way as medical intuition. It's literally just listening to spirit, listening to my clients' bodies and higher self. Tell me what's going on. Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life, has a few things that are helpful. Like you learn, okay, the left side of the body is a feminine and the right side is masculine and certain things like that. A little bit with like acupuncture. Like I remember when I was researching wrist tattoos, it was like, ask your husband about the meaning of the wrist and the acupuncture points. And I asked him and he was like, oh yeah, that's like the connection between heaven and earth. And I was like, heaven and earth, that's a spiritual connection. And spirit's was like, yes. And so like sometimes spirit will guide me like to resources like that where I'm like, okay, I learned some things. And so there's things that we know, like what a chakra is and things like that and the things that spirit tells me. But yeah, no training whatsoever, which sounds completely irresponsible of me when I say it that way. No, not at all. You know, I always like share examples of different even mediums who have never been mentored, have never taken a class, who have like just figured it out on their own and maybe took them a little bit longer, if you will. But of course, we have to believe in like the divine timing of things. I know that there's a lot of emphasis on trained medium and like UK trained medium or US trained medium. Like there's a lot of clothes attached to where people trained and who they studied under. But really, I mean, we're spirits. We're connecting in with spirits. I'm sure if we set up a condition that we can like silence ourselves and like tune into like our hearts and stuff, like things will happen and things will start to unfold. And it's actually how spirit brings me a lot of my teachings too, is like, I'll get a thought and then the next year or two unfolds in a way that little hints are continuously dropped that help me kind of like form teachings and form my understanding around things. But it can sometimes take me a year or two to understand some of the things that spirit's bringing me, but we're not in a big hurry and rush to eat, right? Okay. So then I want to talk to you about the tattoos because like, is that how it started was like the acupuncture and like the wrist tattoo? How do you get a read on them? So kind of the way the tattoos evolved was one, I started to discover the meaning of birthmarks and I was like, okay, I get the meaning of birthmarks. My husband and I went to this little medical conference a couple of years ago and they had this machine that could scan your energy field and it would tell you if there's depletions or things like that, stuff that we kind of naturally learn through like, I am a Reiki master in pranic healing, by the way. So that did help with medical intuition a little bit, but the lady was scanning me and she goes, oh, you have a tattoo. Let me scan your tattoo. And she scanned it. She goes, yep, you got it too. And I said, got what? And she's like, you have a depletion. She says, everyone who has a tattoo has a depletion. Their energy's leaking. And all of a sudden, the wheels on my head started to spin. And I was like, oh, shit, it's healing. The tattoos are healing. They're leaking out the congested energy. That's why we get tattoos. And I was like, almost like screaming this in front of people. They're like looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this lady? But I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. This is what it is. And she goes, oh my gosh, you're right. And it was just like this instant, like I knew tattoos were healing. And then I started to connect, okay, 
if a birthmark means this, which a birthmark is a reflection of like soul purpose, what you're here to learn, what you're here to heal, then what does it mean if a tattoo is there? What is that there to heal? And so I kind of just put them together and I was like, yep, this is what it is. It was amazing. And some of it is acupuncture points. And my father's a nature path. So I literally grew up running around the Portland naturopathic college up there. And I would sit in anatomy lab with my dad at eight years old while they're dissecting cadavers. So I have a really unique upbringing, but I would learn these things, pick up little things about acupuncture points and what the energy means and what the emotional congestion is. Anyways, it was mind-blowing. And then I was like, everybody on Facebook, I was like, tell me where your tattoo is and I'll tell you what you're healing. And I started telling people and they're like, oh my God, that's really weirdly accurate. How do you know that? And I was like, I don't know, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Okay. Can we play a little bit here? Because I mean, you've already given me like a beautiful reading, but like to give people like an example, just because you're just so fun, Stacey. Okay. So I have a wrist tattoo as my first one and then two forearm tattoos, like one inner forearm. I have one here one here but i have no desire to get a tattoo anywhere else and i never have so we've talked about like what you're healing remind me that's your right arm because the camera's yeah so i have my right arm has like the wrist and the inner forearm and then my left just has the inner forearm okay so when we talk about inner these are things that are really close to you they're often generational things right when we're talking forearms in general forearms are about healing from control right? Spiritual control, physical control, narcissistic. A lot of people who get forearm tattoos have dealt with a narcissist. Sometimes there are people that are controlled by addictions, right? So drugs or alcohol or things like that. And so we look at those tattoos. For me, this is the person that is saying, I am done with people controlling my life. I am done with people telling me, what to do and how to do it. I am going to heal from this. I'm going to stand in my power and I'm going to be done with that. And that I think is the most beautiful way to heal. I call these power tattoos. My daughter got one all the way around her forearm after she left her narcissistic ex. Let me see if hers is on her left forearm. So that was more about her standing in her power, right? And then sometimes there's generational stuff as well, where it's like, we talked about this, especially when it comes to like birthmarks and and things that sometimes that's generational trauma healing where you've had ancestors over and over again who've been controlled. And so we know like you have indigenous ancestry. I know that about you, right? And so we know what happens with indigenous people, right? They had a lot of their spiritual belief systems were pretty much almost destroyed. They lost full control, not only in their physical worlds, but in their spiritual worlds, right? Cultural genocide. Yeah, exactly. Actually call when they talk about like, I say it's genocide by paperwork now because they're systematically like literally trying to continue doing it. Even here in the US right now, We have the Indian Welfare Act, which prevents Indigenous children from being removed from their homes and put into foster care and things like that to protect the children from the boarding school things again. And our Supreme Court's trying to overturn that in the next week or two. Wow. Yeah. It's awful. I'll stop rambling. No, I, hey, look, I'm a social justice 
obsessed. Trust me, I do a lot of work outside of Spirit School and Squamish Medium on this topic. And I always have the systematic racism still exists today as bad as it did back then. It's just not under residential school umbrellas anymore. It's under the foster care system here in Canada. And the fact that any murdered and missing Indigenous woman or child, it's a blind eye is turned. So it's almost a free pass to cause harm against that. So yeah. I am all about this and shedding light on it. And I appreciate you even bringing it up in this space. I agree with that. And I appreciate that. So you can get a sense from the Spirit School listeners. Your content on TikTok, your content on Instagram covers a lot about the tattoos. I have so many things I want to say about the birthmarks. I just want to say one thing because we're going to have a full podcast episode on this. Like I have been obsessed with birthmarks since I started reading Sylvia Brown books when I was like 13. Because she talked about birthmarks and did studies with birthmarks and how they may be connected to past lives. That was like a lot of her parapsychology research that she did. I had a birthmark move. I used to have a birthmark that spanned across the back of my neck. And I used to always joke that I was Anne Boleyn in a past life because I was always obsessed with Anne Boleyn. <laughs> like of all the characters in history, it's like the one girl who like flipped England and the church on their head, but whatever. And then that birthmark literally disappeared and a new one appeared this year on my solar plexus. I even went to the doctor to go get it checked because I was like, dude, this birthmark came out of nowhere. Like, is this a birthmark? And it's like, they looked at it, Bobsy dead on it. And they said, no, this is just a birthmark, but it was never there. So like, I have so many questions about birthmarks moving or coming up later in life and disappearing later in life. Like so many questions, girl. Some of this, I'm still kind of, detangling myself because I'm deconstructing my religious backgrounds where I'm like, oh, there was no such thing as past life. And then I start seeing evidence in my readings of going, <laughs> okay, never mind. Like spirit showing me stuff and I'm like, okay. So I'm still understanding some of that stuff. One of the bigger things with birthmarks is people are like, this is how I died in past life. Is it how you died in past life? Potentially. So here's how this connects. Birthmarks show unhealed emotions, right? Generational emotions, inherited emotions, whether it's from your past life or things you didn't learn, or it's from your ancestors, epigenetics that they didn't learn and they get passed on to you. And so when you have that birthmark, this is basically saying like, I'm here to learn this. I'm here to heal this, right? So your birthmark on the back of your neck, was it up real high? On the hairline. Okay. So one, that's a fight or flight birthmark because it's over the C1. It's a throat chakra vertebrae as well. So it's a fight or flight thing. It's an anxiety thing. So it would make sense to me that disappeared because, and I know this about you too, that you're healing your throat chakra. You are standing in your spiritual gifts and your intuition. You're not allowing the past to sway you from that. And it's in the back. So this is past. It's voices of the past too you're probably doing some ancestral healing and things like that as well. And so very much makes sense of why that left. So looking at that birthmark as an energetic depletion saying, is this a way that I could have died in the past life? Possibly, right? Because it's depletion. And when we have an energy depletion, illness and injury goes to the weakest point, right? I hate to say that we attract illness and injury more that that's where the illness and injury is going to go because it goes to the weakest point, right? And so could you have died from a past life there? Sure. Absolutely. But is it always that's how you died in a past life? No, it's not. Yeah. Solar plexus, that's the seat of your emotions. It's emotional processing. It's gut instinct. A lot of anger is held. A lot of frustration is typically held. A lot of fears. 
So and I actually had some appear on my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it was about nurturing like little mole Levi's. Yeah. Which is basically saying I need more self-care. So you're getting in over your solar plexus. And so it's saying, hey, there's depletion here. There's lessons to be learned here that aren't happening that you're going to need to heal. This could be like, hey, she's healed something. Give her something else to heal. Where spirits like, we got some ancestors, like solar plexus work, send that to her. It yeah. could your stuff too. And I'm not scanning or reading you right now. So if you want me to, I will. And I'll tell you what it is. But I'm just kind of going off what I know at this point. It's totally up to you. I don't want to take advantage either because I didn't invite you on here to read me. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, there's so we know, right? Like we know the solar plexus is the emotions. We know these things. But we get such a different picture when we ask your body, why did you get a birthmark, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why like eventually I think I'm going to try to certify birthmark readers because like you could go read the book that I'm going to write and it'll tell you what it means. But to have someone go in intuitively and say, hey, it means this, but also this, you're going to get a much better picture. So let me just ask. I love you. (laughs) So there's some anxiety from you and it almost feels like the sucker punch in your gut, like like it feels like someone would, like just push me really hard and my whole body pulls back from my guts. So kind of just describing. So you want to tell me why you got a birthmark? Oh, it's because she won't listen to me. This is higher self. This is subconscious. Okay. So subconscious is coming through. And I see things in three layers, the consciousness, subconscious, and the higher self or the soul layer. So subconscious, why do we get a birthmark? She won't listen to you. And what it's saying is like, because she doesn't understand the things that she's supposed to do, that she's overthinking things. She's over-processing, over-emotionalizing, over-rationalizing. It takes me too long to get her to follow her intuition. So do you hold back sometimes where you're like, eh, not sure, let me just wait on this. Eh, not sure, instead of taking like immediate action when spirit's talking to you. So it might not appear that to be true, but that is true. I seem to prioritize the non-important things over like the big things that I know will make big changes. I drag my feet a little. We all do, right? Especially when spirit's telling us to do something, we're sitting here going, are you sure? And maybe let me think on this. Like for me, I'll be like, let me research this a little bit. Let me Google this. Let me make sure because spirit sometimes asks us to do really hard things. And we're like, well, maybe. Well, no, that's kind of scary. So let me see. Is there anything else we need to know about your birthmark? Sometimes worry, especially it feels like feminine worry, maybe mother for you. Like you worry about your mother too much too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Worries. So you're holding worries. You're holding a need to take action for intuition, things like that. Like I said, little anxiety. There's like this fear of the future. It, it feels surrounding death and loss to me as well. Yeah. I. You talk about being hypochondriac. I think I have cancer every day. <laughs> every day I'm like, okay, there might not be much time left. I'm like, I have to get on with things. <laughs> and yeah. And super high worry. Are you? I did an organizational test when I was in corporate and I was literally out of 1,300 people, the highest warrior in the organization. Yeah, I'm a chronic warrior too. I get it. I think some of that comes with being spiritual because we know so much more than just what's two-dimensional, right? We know yeah. all this spiritual stuff. And so sometimes it can make us worry more because they're like, okay, I see the physical and the spiritual and this is highly problematic. Trying to explain that to people my husband's always like, why are you so worried about the kids all the time? I'm like, honey, I know almost all the ways we can die now. (laughs) 
in dealing like with death and dying, like the fragility of life is like not lost on me because I'm so exposed. Like, and yes, there is an afterlife. I do believe. And like, yes, I do believe that we're safe when we go and we're held and we're cared for and we go to a better place. Like, I don't doubt that. But I also like love my life here right now. And I'm like, I think I picked a good one. I was like, this isn't lost on me that I picked a good one this go. So yeah, there is like maybe a little bit of worry about like leaving my kids. Yeah, a lot of different stuff kind of comes up. And I haven't had too many health crises in my experience. I have had a couple, but not too much, nothing chronic. And so I do get very worried about my health in some ways as well. Fear of the future a little bit around that, right? Right. This, I think, speaks to the humanness inside us, like the human side of, like, we know things as spiritual people. Like, we can see the afterlife. We know that the physical experience is limited. We know that we're here for a certain amount of time. And that, honestly, it's much better being out of your bodies and less painful than it is in some ways, right? But then at the same time, we know we have a distinct purpose and a path and a learning. And the humanness comes through, like, I don't want to die either. That's scary. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to suffer with what I do. I call the people who follow me spiritual humans because we're spiritual, but we're also human. And we have this human experience and that human experience is there to kind of teach us what we could not otherwise learn without a physical body, right? And that's why people have multiple lives and that's why people end up returning or why we get birthmarks because we're like, hey, last time you didn't learn this. So this time, try to step it up a notch, right? I love that. You're so talented. And if nothing else on this first interview on Spirit School, I hope people even just get a small taste of like what your whole body of work is. And I love that term body of work because you are so multifaceted and you can do so many different things. And I'm sure anything is possible for you. So then when you show up as like a teacher, because you also do mentorship for people under this, I know you do medical intuitive training. You have a certification program around that. Isn't that right? Yes. We're building and getting ready to launch in January. So they can visit my website if they're interested. It's an intensive program. I've had a lot of people ask me to train them over the years and I've said no every time. I'm like, no, I don't know if I can teach this. I don't know. Because a lot of it's stuff I've been born with. But I finally kind of wrapped my head around how I could teach it. But it's a six-month program. It's pretty intensive. I want to make sure that the people I certify are ethical and they know their stuff. There's other medical intuitive stuff out there where people are like, I'll teach you how to be a medical intuitive in four hours. And I'm like, that's not possible. I think yeah. I thought Udemy did like a $14 like Reiki master certification or something. I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Spirituality is so popular right now that people are like, well, I can train me a Reiki master for $14. No, you can't. You need certain experience, at least to be an ethical one. And if you're going to go spend $14 in a course like that, you might as well just start calling yourself a Reiki master and just bypass spending the 14 bucks because you're not going to get the same thing you do from intensive training. There's even stuff now where I'm like, even after doing this for years, I'm like, I'm learning new stuff and I'm growing and you're going to continue with that learning and growing. Yeah. So we're long story short, we call it the medical into light program. We're going to learn about spiritual anatomy and physiology. We're going to learn about 
ethics and responsibilities and how to scan people and how to support people and the spiritual meaning behind all the body parts and what they mean and also about aura colors of how like if someone has a certain aura color it can mean this for their health like if someone has a green in their aura color i know it's a heart color i know it's probably showing like they have a virus or a bacteria or something outside of them that's making them unwell right yeah. it's we're going to learn about all of that really cool stuff. It's going to be amazing. I'm super excited about it. I'm excited too. I've been saying for years, like as far as I've been doing mediumship, the need out there for medical intuitives and animal communicators is so great because even in my mediumship readings, like I just don't feel confident like tuning into someone's body or health because I just haven't intersected all that much with the healthcare system or needed to look that deep into my own physical experience. So like definitely don't have a whole lot of lived experience that I feel could lean into that, but we definitely need more training and ethical conversations and integrity training out there. So that's kind of why I wanted to have you on too, because I want to share with people different pathways that they can take and things that they can supplement their other practices with, because I think the future of all the healing arts space is definitely going to be a lot more multidisciplinary. I think it's going to be people who call upon many different modalities to help serve people. So I appreciate you putting something like that together because I don't know of any other ones myself. Other than you, I've only ever heard of the medical medium, but it doesn't seem like he does very much like medical intuition. It just seems like it's more like lifestyle and food. Thank you, Stacey, for gracing Spirit School with your knowledge, your wisdom, your time, your energy. How else can people connect with you, listen to more of your stories and, and dig a bit deeper? Yes. So all of my socials are spirit fluent. You'll find me everywhere. TikTok, Pinterest. I do have an Instagram. I'm working on being better on YouTube. Everything is spirit fluent spelled just the way it is spirit fluent together. No hashtags, no special numbers, things like that. My website, spiritfluent.com. That's where you can find me. We have lots of free courses on my YouTube. If you're wanting to learn more, there's a free soul purpose class on my website. You're welcome to go take. I always have a lot of free resources, so definitely check those out. Can I talk about my book that is published really quick? Please. Yes, this is your space. Tell me whatever you want. So there is one book that it's kind of a book slash a journal. It's a little combination of both called My Spiritual Awakening is a Shit Show Journal. And that's on Amazon right now. If you're going through a spiritual awakening in your spiritual human and find that you need extra support. It's definitely beyond a journal. It really will help you navigate the shit show of a spiritual awakening. <laughs> so yes, there is that book available if you guys are interested in that. So A thousand percent. And we'll have links to all of this in the show notes so people can connect in with you easy on all the platforms. And we'll have a direct link, affiliate free to connect in with her book in Canada and the state. So congratulations. I mean, it's just inspiring to see like people think I get a lot of shit done, but girl, you get a lot of shit done <laughs> and you have seven kids. So my hands are up towards the heavens for you. Thank you for coming on Spirit School today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. I can't wait to come talk again. Yes, very soon. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, 
your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in spirit school.